And we're live. With Paranormal Dash Spirits. Place we come to get our booze on. Talk about the booze. Things that go bump in the night. And I get to do that with my booze. I'm Mike Black. To my left, I have the lovely and delicious Alyssa <laughs> Black. Hello. I love Ac- that I'm still delicious. Across from me, I have my best friend, sidekick, confidant, the lovely and talented mm. John Burkett. <laughs> the sexy man. <laughs> sexy man. I'm playing it up the best, best I can. <laughs> hey guys, this is Joe. Why the hell have you not subscribed to 3B Paranormal Spirits? These guys will scare the shit out of you. They discuss some truly wild stuff. It's like X-Files meets Taps, hauntings, Bigfoot, ghosts, demons, aliens. Your mind will be blown. Even mushrooms won't make you trip like this podcast will. It is like an MMA beatdown on your psyche. Subscribe now. So tonight we have a story about black magic and rituals and sacrifices and all kinds of good stuff. Before we do that, we're going to talk about all the places that you can come to find us. Uh, on YouTube, we are 3B Paranormal Spirits. On Facebook, we are Booze with Benefits. We have an Instagram account. We have a TikTok account. We have X. And all of those are paranormal underscore dash, D-A-S-H spelled out, underscore spirits. We have a website, uh, which is paranormal-spirits.com. And from there, that's kind of a landing site. You can go to anywhere you want, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, or X, whatever you want to call it. And we also have a swag store there, uh, Boozy's Boutique. Swag. And on the swag store, you can get your fancy uh, paranormal-spirits Coffee cups, mugs, uh, koozies. Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to show the koozie. Uh, I keep hitting this microphone. No boom mics. No boom mics. But you can get just about anything you want to there. If it's it's swag, we just about have it. Um, So that's all of our our swag site. Swag site with all the stuff that we have on it. I cannot talk. Swaggy stuff. Oh my gosh. And tonight, since we this is a show about spirits, we're going to start off with spirits like we always do. And that's the alcohol spirits, the B-O-O-Z-E. And tonight we are drinking the much lauded. Uh, it's Lafroig. Lafroig. Ten. Freud, 10 year Isla single malt. You have heard us speak about this many, many, many times. About wanting to try it. About wanting to try it. John has. I've been through several bottles. I mean, I I have some at home right now. So, John, tell us about Lafroig 10. Well, this is an Isla, a peated Isla Scotch. Like Lagavulin? Like Lagavulin. Okay. Yep. It is much more affordable than Lagavulin. It's about half the price. Um, it's 86 proof. It is delicious. And it says here, it is the most richly flavored of all Scotch whiskeys. Mm. And it's rich. It's Some describe it as uh, burning tires and Band-Aids. Is it Mermaid's Bath Water? Mermaid's Bath Water. That's the one I always hear. Yeah. And it is by appointment to His Royal Highness, the Prince of Wales, who's now the king. 
uh, distilled, inspired, unless they're talking about the sun. I don't know. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's the uh, distiller and supplier of single match scotch whiskeys to the royal family. And by the way, it means Lafroy in Gaelic means the beautiful hollow by the broad bay. The beautiful hollow by the broad bay. By the bay. broad bay. Well, I. So, just so you know, when you buy a bottle of Lafroy, we're landowners in Scotland. Yes. Now. Well, we're we we have a le- we have leased land. We don't Life, actually lifetime lease. We have a lifetime lease on a square foot of. Isla. Scottish soil. Well, on Isla. On the yeah, island. Isla. Yeah. And mine is 13, plot number 13 something. Yours is 12 something. I'm yeah. not sure how far away we are. <laughs> We're probably within spitting distance but, of each other. But, it, but when you go to the distillery to visit, if you own a plot, they get, they'll show you how to get to your plot. Give you a gla- give you a glass of scotch and a pair of Wellington boots to traipse through the peat bogs, and show you where your plot is in the peat bogs. Is it an anchor so <laughs> that you don't wash though. away? <clears throat> yeah, uh, something to fight off the low flying geese. Gives you a cool certificate. Like hey, I'm sure Mike can put his yeah, certificate I'll throw in the my certificate up there. Yeah, and it doesn't cost you a ridiculous amount of money like that alleged scottish lord scam on the internet like <laughs> i don't know about that uh-uh oh, you seen that? well we might not want to diss them they might want to advertise on the podcast but oh okay it makes a great gift yeah oh okay yeah. i'll have to look that up <laughs> so this thing uh it looks like it has decent legs Mm-hmm. oh yeah it's it is thick and rich the nose, I do not get um, burning tires. I get, I can smell. I get a little the, of that band aid. I get iodine. I get peat smoke, band aids, and if you let it linger, you you smell the malt. Or I may just be used to it because I've drank so much of this stuff. But so I get a little of the malt. This doesn't smell as rich well it's six, it's six years younger as lagavulin so we could go to total and buy the they have the 25 year mm, i'm sure they do i'm sure there's a price tag on it that i 25 year gas strength yeah and how much is it twenty five hundred dollars or something it's not that it's not quite that no bad, I don't think. not that bad Alyssa, what do you think the price no was it Smells a lot like similar to Lagavulin. Lagavulin. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I smell in a lot of peat. Yeah, I do too. Alrighty. Ready for this? I'm ready. Yeah. Slanch has long been awaited. Slanch it. Yes, it has been. I'm really excited. You're going to get some band aid on your first taste, some iodine for sure. A lot of ethanol in that one too you do like well to me it's or is it just hot it's hotter than lagavulin it's the same same abv um what i'll notice on my tongue yeah mm-hmm. is almost a 
this tingling, numbing effect, yes. medicinal. It's like you just took a swig of some medicine. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, though. It's also one. sweeter, I feel like, on it the is, tongue. It is definitely sweeter. I feel like it's sweeter. Like, this that was has, my first thought. Okay, the finish on this isn't quite as long as Lagavulin, <clears throat> but it's got quite the finish on it. It, mm-hmm. it hangs in there. Oh, yeah. It doesn't just go away, you, you know. You have that. Mm-hmm. Medicinal is the only way to describe it. Yep. Like I was telling Mike before recording, it, this stuff makes me want to stand on a beach, not a tropical oh. beach, but a not a tropical beach, a, mind a, you. The rocky coastline of Isla being battered by the the winds of the North Sea, you know. Mm-hmm. The Irish Sea, I guess it technically would be the Irish Sea. But anyway, wearing a cable knit sweater and some Wellington boots <laughs> and a wax, you know, one of those waxed jackets. You jack, have to you have know, one the, of the caps. A flat you cap. Yeah. And uh, smoke a pipe. Look like you're. Smoke a pipe? An extra on the set of Peaky Blinders or something. Yeah, when you got to have a pipe. You know, oh, it, you know, when so it you, curls down. You know. <laughs> with the big bowl like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. Smoking some Syrian Latakia tobacco in it. You know, that real strong pipe tobacco. Okay, so I get a little more salt in this. I taste a little more of the sea oh, in yeah. this than I do Lagavulin. I agree. Yeah, there's a little, it's got more of a, a salty taste to oh, it. Oh yeah, it definitely tastes like the sea. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think that would be a proper substitute for. I thought so too. That's why I I buy it because Lagavulin. I mean, I have X amount mm. left in the Lagavulin bottle, but this one can always be replaced much with much less. Yeah, financial for the pain. for the price point, I think that. And what what is the price point? Fifty five. We'll just say fifty five. It's fifty one at total, but here it's fifty five. So. Okay. So, yeah, for the price point, I. I could pass over Lagavulin to get that if yeah. I were, if I were pinching pennies or you know concerned if about pinching pennies. You can buy like McCormick Scotch or something like. Oh those. no! But or I could buy Pete's sake, you know. If you or can find doers, it, or Scarabus doers or Scarabus is a a decent Pete. Yeah, I haven't seen though either blend. one of the the Pete's sake is a total like that's the only distributor, mm-hmm. right? And then the Scarabus. I didn't see that. I thought anywhere. we found. I thought we found that Pete Sake said, "Yeah, we sell at other places too." I, don't, I thought Total it was said, total did. "You found that it was." Other total places. said, t- "Told us, oh, we're the only ones that carry it." Right. So it had it's their exclusive name on it to even. us. Yeah, I think so. I don't know, but the Scarabus, I think. I don't think the Scarabus is bad. You know, this is better than Scarabus. This is better than Scarabus. For sure. Absolutely. I do like Scarabus, though. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's not bad. It's really not. It's pretty good for the price. Mm-hmm. Once you, but for the, the little bit extra, you might as well get the Lafroy. This has a brighter tasting malt to me than, and part of it's the age, right? So if you had a sixteen year Lagavulin, I think that it would be or Lafroy would mm-hmm. be smoothed out a little bit more like the Lagavulin. Um, I would like to try the Lafroy quarter cask. So it's aged in one-fourth size cast so there's that much more interaction with the wood mm-hmm. where there's less wood surface area so it's much more intensified versions of all of this all of these flavors and smells mm-hmm. times four times four? yeah I, I would like wow. to try that and it's well. not that much more expensive it's like twenty dollars more than the regular one so so thumbs up on the i'd say always yeah 
it's also if you're in a restaurant and you're having a steak or something and you want a peaty scotch to go with it they may charge you $25 or $20 for the Lafroig or Lagavulin for a shot of a glass mm-hmm. of that. Usually this is about 14. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so oh, it's, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Now, now put down on your list to get to try Ardbeg. 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 The Ard- wee beastie. I don't recommend starting there. That's, a, that's more peat than, than anything. It's heavily, heavily, heavily peated. Like it's, it's really rough. That's how I broke myself into Pete. Was oh, going okay. through that. I got to go try it. Then. Yeah, it would get, <laughs> yeah, that or that the, sounds like a challenge. Or the tin, just the art yeah. tin. That sounds like a challenge. And sometimes you can get it in the barbecue smoker thing instead of the box. Oh well, That's yeah, right. yeah. Art cool. is is good too. Different taste, different peat taste. Mm-hmm. This the peat reminds me of Lagavulin peat. Mm, very is, similar. They're very close. The two distilleries, and I'm sure, but uh, the smoke probably wafts from one to the other. But then know. Ardbeg's peat is a much earthier. Oh, is it flavor rather than this oceany iodiney thing? Oceany cool. iodiney. Yeah. Thing. All right. Well, I'm down with Lafroy. So let's talk about the booze. And I warned you that this the one's... B-double-O-S. Yeah, the B-double-O-S. I warned you that this one would be uh, kind of dark with black magic and rituals and sacrifices and Ouija boards and... <laughs> of course. Ouija boards. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right into it. So in 2009, there was a single mother, Debbie Guy... In her family, and they arrive at a brand new home. Now, this is the first home she's ever bought. She saved up for a long time. Uh, she was a hospice worker, so she didn't make a... And it didn't say hospice nurse, but it said hospice caregiver, which usually is paid quite a bit less than a nurse is. And... Um, so she had saved up for a really long time to buy this house. What she got was a 150-year-old Victorian-style home. Where she, is this? In, I'm getting there. Oh. On an acre of land in Ziegler,ville Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. And Ziegler,ville is an unincorporated community. We were just talking about that earlier. Uh, in Lower Frederick Township in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And it has roots dating all the way back to the 1800s. So anyway, this was her first home she had saved up. They showed up, and this is in 2009. And along with her, Debbie's bringing her extended family. And this extended family includes her 28-year-old son, David, her 26-year-old daughter, Jody, along with Jody's two young children, there's a five-year-old Zoe and a seven-year-old Craig. In addition to these uh, children that actually belong to her, she has this informally adopted kid, uh, 17-year-old Nick, and he's been... He's basically grown up with them and lived with them his whole life. I could not find out where Nick came from. Was he, uh, you know, like a, a a neighbor's kid that 
you know, lived with them or, or how this all came about. But anyway, Nick, this is a 17 year old kid that lives with him and he's been close with the family his, his whole life. So they get to the house. Debbie is employed full time. So, which means she drives out to aid and then drives back in. So, you know, you're talking 10, 12 hours a day. But every spare minute that she gets, she pours into this, her new home. And she's going to transform this old Victorian uh, house and return it back to its uh, original state. Is That's her plan. And Debbie said, I knew I wanted to redo the whole place. That's what I had in mind when I bought it, was to remodel the house. Now, David, her oldest son, uh, or her, yeah, her son, David, is immediately overwhelmed when they get there by this strange feeling. The minute he walks into place, something's watching me. It feels weird here. And David said, I remember it being pretty sudden. The feeling of thick air. You know, that feeling of something else being there besides us. And, you know, that creepy kind of feeling. So he's immediately bothered by this. And he just knows somebody's watching him. He said, quote, at first it was childish things, you know, just little things. We didn't look at it as if it was ghosts. We just knew something wasn't right. So David, while puzzled by all these odd occurrences in the house that's happening and little things like that, Debbie is totally committed to rebuilding this house. And over the following month, Debbie, like David, is finding that there's some strangeness to this place. And they're finding that objects mysteriously move on their own. Uh, lights flicker on and off. Uh, she would hear footsteps moving around the house, uh, especially at night. And she begins to think maybe there's a spirit inside her house that's responsible for this, this stuff. Because it's not the kids, it's not uh, the little ones. Uh, Debbie said, you can put a piece of paper down and turn around for that piece of paper and it's not there and you'll find it somewhere else. I would hear footsteps an awful lot and it wasn't the kids and we were starting to question what else was there. So David and Debbie, uh, although they're confused about, you know, what they're experiencing in the house not only do they have this paranormal type strangeness weirdness going on nick is starting to show some alarming uh changes as well and nick had always been a good kid he went to church every sunday he got good grades solid group of friends uh very polite generally cheerful but since moving into the house nick has turned more dark he's becoming moody He's secretive. He's hanging out in his room all day. Um, he becomes distant from the rest of the family. And he started hiding things from Debbie and David. Uh, eventually, this blew into or developed into these explosive like outbursts that he would have. And so they realize he's becoming more rebellious, uh, way beyond what a normal 17 year old kid would be. Right. So 
Debbie decides, hey, you know, I've I got to figure out what's going on. Is this kid doing drugs or, you know, is he just going through a hard spot? You know, what's going on? So Debbie starts digging around in uh, Nick's room. And during some of her investigation, she discovers uh, that Nick, when she walks into the room, she sees that he has painted pentagrams on the walls of his bedroom yes in his bedroom he's painted these pentagrams on the walls he's got these dark candles set up in front of him burning these candles is he into listening to heavy metal music he is listening to heavy metal music <laughs> hey now I, I i love my heavy metal but must be satan it must be but ripping my ghost shirt. So she also <laughs> finds a up underneath the bed, she finds this book on witchcraft. And so anyway, he's got all these things going on. So and if she doesn't have enough going on with taking care of the new home, all this stuff going on in the house with the, the sounds and the things moving by themselves and things like that. And a rebellious teen who's dabbling around, you know, with with witchcraft and dark magic and all this. She injures her back while at work lifting a patient. And she does a pretty good job of it because she has to go undergo surgery. So when she undergoes surgery, everything kind of goes on pause. And she's laid up and recuperating. She was upstairs... She moved downstairs into the the uh, first floor and to open a room down there. And so she's getting awakened at night by the pain. And now Jody is helping her. Jody's there, you know, giving her her meds, making sure she's got water, making sure she's got food, making sure she gets bathed. But she's getting awakened by pain throughout the night and when she wakes up there is an apparition of a young girl that's showing up in her bedroom <laughs> Debbie said she was like from the early 1900s or late 1800s you could tell by the clothing I was like okay I'm just gonna close my eyes and she'll be gone and sometimes she was sometimes she wasn't other times, she would still be in the room with her, but, like, moved over to another part of the room. And so, anyway, Debbie's kind of like, you know, this is, it's kind of freaky that we have this going on. But it's nice to know that I'm not crazy. I'm not hearing things. David's not crazy. David's not hearing things. There really is something going on in the house, and we think it's, you know, it's this girl that's haunted. And um, she said, I was actually happy to see that there was something else there. That this wasn't just me hearing things or feeling something. I was like, as long as you don't hurt us and don't bother us, you're you. fine. You know, you you lived here before or whatever. We're cool. So it took about two months of recovery. And uh, Debbie was going back to work after her surgery. So during this time, Nick gets a new girlfriend Nick the 17 year old kid got a got a new girlfriend Alicia 
and she is even darker than Nick is. Uh, she's into witchcraft, and she's converting Nick over to this. So, Nick and his new girlfriend, Alicia, are working hard to summon spirits, and they're doing this with... A Ouija board. A Ouija board. Mm. <laughs> Wait, is it a Ouija board or an Ouija it's board? It's an Ouija board, if it's me. An Ouija board. But if it's Zach Bagans, it's Ouija board. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he throws an so, extra syllable. In Ouija it. board. So anyway, they're they're trying to summon these spirits, right? So one day, David's. Do we you know, know why? Just that, that that's what they're into right now. I don't know why. Interesting. Did the house cause him to do this, or was he just doing it and that caused some of the stuff in the house? Who knows? Um. Nick. Or did his girlfriend, Alicia, bring it over? You know, who knows where it came from. But obviously... It's happening. It's happening. So he's gone goth. He's totally he's goth. Or... He's way goth. And so one day, David is moving around the house. And he's, you know, doing repairs for his mom and stuff like that. And he goes down into the basement when he gets down into the basement, he hears this chanting, this, you know, Latin sounding words and stuff like that, right? Oh, he gets, no. <laughs> he oh, gets down no. into the basement. E pluribusunum. Yeah, I all that kind of stuff. E pluribusunum. It's funny. <laughs> Secundisum. Yeah, uh, nefarious <laughs> and all that. Um, so anyway, in the basement, on the floor, there are pentagrams drawn out. There are. Absolutely, there are. Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Black. <laughs> Black candles. <laughs> and Nick and Alicia. Nick and Alicia Mm-mm. are completely dressed in black. Naked. Oh. Huh? I thought she was naked. Like, they were going, actually doing a real, like, hardcore, like. Like, sun. Uh, what is it? Like a black, sky, a naked, sky worship? A naked black no. mass. And- no. Nope. So they're down there and they're dressed all in black. And um, anyway, David gets down there and he goes, there was nothing subtle about the change in him referring to Nick. He said, all of a sudden he's got candles everywhere and he felt like it was no problem. You know, Nick felt like it was no problem. He said, and it wasn't a really big deal. He said, but it was a big deal to me. He said, we found pentagrams everywhere. Cause we know he's drawing them up in his room. He's drawing them on the basement floor. He said, and I never really like seeing pentagrams on anything, especially in the house when we're living in it. He said, it's almost like you're asking for it. You know what I mean? And, which I do know what you mean. And I agree. So anyway, David is like, well, crap, you know, mom's got so much going on with the house and, you know, trying to, to feed everybody in the house, I guess, because I don't know who all's working. Ain't nobody working, apparently. It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like mom's the only one working. I don't know that. I'm guessing. These, these kids are, they better be freaking working at that age. Oh, my God. Yeah, like right? The freeloading is what they're doing, apparently. That's what it sounds like. But I don't know. I don't know if they were working or not. And Time it did never. The teeth. <clears throat> well, they're down in the Your bottom job. on the Ouija. Yeah. So, <laughs> David, <laughs> David decides he's not going to tell his mom. To protect her from worrying about Nick. She's got enough shit going on, right? But, um, and to, so to protect Nick as well, because if his mom finds out, she's going to completely freak on Nick, right? So he's trying to, to help the kid. And 
So he put his foot down though, and he, he said, "No more of this shit in the house. You're not going to do this anymore." And, um, and that should have been the end of it. Should, but being the operative word there. This podcast is paranormal spirits, and you know that's not where the story's going to end. Not on this podcast. It's got to go a little bit further. What so they, what they conjure? <laughs> I'm getting to it. Give me time. So. Since David had forbade Nick and uh, Alicia, Ali- well, it's Alyssa do- actually, isn't it? It's Alicia. Um, Alicia, no, you're Alyssa. She's Alicia. No, I know. I thought in something else that we heard that it was Alyssa. Mm-mm, she's a. It's Alicia. Thank goodness. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so don't he- don't feel too great. Tara and I were watching some. Uh, murder you know unsolved true crime thing or something and the and the uh with the victim it was that snapped where women go oh yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the murderesses was named Alyssa. oh um yep yep we it's have a popular name for crazy women <laughs> i knew what you were gonna say right there i saw the b so, for me <laughs> you did see the b for me didn't you <laughs> so anyway well nick is told or i'm sorry david told nick can't do this anymore um and that goes for Alicia, too, in the house. So they decide, hey, we need to find another place so we can still continue Great. in our, our dark arts, right? To practice them. Mm-hmm. So they find a new spot about a mile away mm-hmm. at a local cemetery. I was say, is it a cemetery? <laughs> it is How a did cemetery. I know that was it go. makes it easier I mean, to even dig up on the dead the, man's hand if you need cemetery dirt, too. You're already there. You just you know, got it. On, even on the Ouija board, when you go, you know, the rules for the Ouija board, you, you never play alone, and you always say goodbye. Well, what's the other one? Is never do it in a graveyard, in, in a cemetery. I would That's, have thought, is that actually on the box? Yeah, it's on the box. It's in the box. You, the rules, don't do it in a graveyard. What's on the box should be, don't buy this product. <laughs> well, they want you to buy it. <laughs> so, anyway, Nick and Alicia, they find a new spot, and they're going to use the graveyard. So during one of their Ouija sessions at the graveyard, Nick and Alicia are attempting to summon a dark entity. And they succeed. At the conclusion of the ritual, they felt this evil presence. And they both see this large black shadow figure across the cemetery that starts moving towards them. It's coming towards them across the cemetery, followed by an almost deafening growl. <laughs> this thing growls out at them. The teens are out of there. Um, hopped in the car. They come home. Bringing it with them. They get home. They jump out of the car. They run the house. They look out the window. And what do they see? Homie's this, coming. The dark figure is standing outside. Of course he is. And so Nick is like, crap in his pants and he's like I, I gotta tell David you know what a, you know what do I do I'm scared so he goes and tells David and stupid <laughs> and stupid so David said quote I remember him saying somebody standing outside I look out the window and there's somebody standing across the street I see him just standing there staring at the house I go outside and looked where it slash he was and he was gone I came back in. Nick was still white as a ghost. I didn't want to believe it. I really didn't want to think he had invited something in. I was shaken too because I had seen that person standing out there. So David saw it. 
Nick's saw it, Alicia saw it. Everybody's seeing this thing. So David right? thinks it's a person. It's not just a black shadow figure like no, what they had said. No, it's it's something else. He says, I didn't want to believe. I didn't want to believe it. I didn't want to think they had invited, invited something in. So he knows that it's some kind of uh, hoodoo or something. So David, at this point, he said, you know, it's it's gone too far. I, I got to tell Debbie. I got to tell Mom. So he goes and he tells Debbie. And he tells her that Nick and Alicia have been practicing, you know, summoning spirits with this Ouija board and all that. And Debbie said, I fully explained to my children that I never wanted to see one on my property. Kids do not realize what that board does. It opens things up that you can't close. So David had had enough at this point. He put the Ouija board in the trash. He's going to get rid of it. And despite the encounter with the shadow figure and spirit, whatever this thing was, and the warnings to stop dabbling with this crap, um, Nick just can't give it up. So he comes into the basement one day and hears this, this talking and chanting stuff going on, right? He gets down in the basement and guess who's in the basement? Nick's in the basement again. With the Ouija board. By himself? We bought another one. By himself. David confronts Nick and says, Hey, I just got rid of that thing. Nick says, No, you didn't. I found it right where I left it. In the basement. So David decides he simply can't trust Nick anymore. He says Nick's going to dig it out of the trash. He's going to put it back in here. He says, I'm going to know this time whether that little joker actually went and got it out of the trash. So what he does, he takes his knife out and he scratches a big X on the back of it. Okay. Puts it in the trash and waits for the trash truck to come. When the this trash sounds like coming. the last story we talked about. Throws it in the trash. Trash truck takes it away and he watches it. A few days later, board shows up again. Gosh dang. This time, David thinks he's losing his mind because the same mark that he put on the board is on this board. So either someone duplicated that board, the mark that he put on it, or the board has come back. The board has come back, sir. (laughs) David said, I saw the same Ouija board again with a mark on it. I was pretty scared to know that it found its way back again. There it was. I knew we were in trouble. Yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. So Debbie tried burning it. She decides, I'm, I'm going to take care of this. You're not supposed to do that. She takes it outside, puts it on the trash pile, mm-hmm. douses it with lyre fluid. Nope. That's wrong. Lights it up. Won't burn. Of course not. Well, even if it did, that's that's just a I way know you're not supposed you're to do that. You're going to get attached for right. life if, some, if you burn the board. You, you, so. you got to bury it face down, cover it with salt. Put... Crows on each corner. <laughs> I don't know about the crows on each order, but bury it. In mason jars with gelatinous fluid in it. <laughs> or he's sending it away with the trash man, you know. Mm. But, but probably it's in this, gonna come back. Probably that one needs to be buried in mm. consecrated ground. So, so she tried so. Debbie tried burning it with the uh, the lighter fluid. Uh didn't work. 
So she used gasoline to try to burn it. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Didn't work. It wouldn't burn. She could not get this thing to burn. So she broke it into pieces. She broke it into four pieces. Threw it in the trash. All right. She has decided Nick's got to go. He cannot stay here anymore. If you break it into pieces, do seven pieces before you break it. (laughs) Yeah. Is there that like written somewhere? There's methods, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, burning is the last damn thing. She didn't. She didn't break it into seven pieces. She broke it into four. So she didn't know. She oh, hell, obviously she didn't know. No, because she tried That's to the burn it. Yeah, she's trying to burn it. Yeah. These people don't know really how to deal with them, do they? <laughs> but no. So anyway, um, Debbie has decided he this kid's out of here. He he can't stay in here here anymore. She has known this child since birth, so his whole life. I thought this was her. This is this Nick was her kid, right? No, Nick is no, not Nick, her kid. Nick is the other kid. We don't know where he came from, but he was the one. He just that... showed up one day. No, he's Did always been not... with the family. He wasn't listening at the first when we talked about his I extended it was family. What there was? Yeah, David, David, Jody. David and Jody. Okay, that's his, that's her daughter, Jody. Right. Just two kids, both adults. Yes, they're both adults. Nick is a seventeen-year-old. The one that we're not sure. It's not her biological child. It's not. I told you I was going to have to get a whiteboard. I know. It's you, not you're going to have to break bride. this down with. Stir- oh, my God. Like, it's not, yarn. It's not Debbie's biological child. Thank you. It's. Let's move on. We're not sure why he's. Just he, some kid that lives in the house. He's been, he's been living there. Yes. She's known him his whole life. Godly figure he is. Was. Okay. Mm. They said. Went to church. Good boy. Good kid. It was. So she's known him his whole life and she can't just kick him out on the street. You know, at one point this kid was, you know, just a great kid, churchgoer, you know, all that good stuff. He's probably 18 by now. Just, just make, take him down to the recruiting office and they'll handle it. Let the entity follow him. Mm-hmm. Let the Marines handle it. So anyway, cause she's, she's got to get rid of him. She has found a dagger in his room that's bloodstained. You need that for... Yeah. Bloodstained dagger in his room, and so she's going to talk to him. So she pleads with Nick and says, look, you've got to tell me what's going on. So finally he confesses to Debbie what's been going on. He tells her that he and Alicia have been casting spells. Check. We know this. Mm -hmm. Bad spells. Mm -hmm. Spells that ask for misfortune. Blood, sickness, and death. So these kids need a job, right? That's too much time on their hands, right? (laughs) So Nick is—I don't have time to do that. Mm -mm. Dick is obviously deeply troubled, and he also confesses to Debbie that not only did they cast the spells, that they had also sacrificed. Oh gosh. A stray cat no. as a blood offering during one of the rituals. Bless it. But it was a black one, too. Debbie is floored. She cannot believe what she's hearing. Um, she tells him, you you have to go. No. You have to go. No, about no, about the kitty cat, uh, not about yeah, You could yeah, at least sacrifice an animal that you're going to eat, right? So that... <laughs> like a goat? Right? Like... Yeah. Well, well oh, don't say that for turn. <laughs> um, so, like a chicken or a. Some people eat cats. Cow. 
Yeah, let's carry a cow to the basement. <laughs> Actually, quite common in the ancient world to sacrifice a, a bull or a cow. Hard getting them in the basement, though. Hard to get them in the basement, but it's easy okay. to get Cat, a chicken. I'm in sure the those cats are plentiful. Yeah. Chickens so anyway, they Ducks. maybe not Pennsylvania. They sacrifice the cat, and he fesses up to Debbie. Uh, Debbie's like, "You gotta go." Bye bye. She helps to find a facility to get him into to get some help. Okay. So anyway, Nick's gone out of the picture. Fooey. Got rid of the Ouija board. Got rid of Nick. I'm sure you didn't get rid of the Ouija board. She, they they broke it into pieces. Threw it in the trash. It's gone, right? Okay. Okay. So now, Nick's not there anymore. They have an open bedroom upstairs. So they take and they move little Zoe. Now, Zoe is Jody's daughter who is, I believe, five years old, seven years I old. I would not be... Te- mm into the pentagram room? Yeah, apparently. Mm. His room. Great. Um, and not after long after she gets into that room, then stuff starts happening to uh, her, too. Of course. And uh, they put Zoe down to sleep one night. She comes running down the stairs, mm-hmm. screaming mm-hmm. that there is a boy outside of the window. Now, this is on the second floor. And the boy is looking in the window at her. Zoe tells Jody and Debbie that the boy's name is Jacob. They dismiss this. It's just a bad dream. Reassure that there's no one up there. It's the second floor. There's no way you could get up there. They just went through this other thing. You think they would know already. They just went through this whole other thing. Well, this is is new, though. This is new, that she's had a nightmare. Kids have nightmares all the time. You, You know, it's a nightmare. And that's what they assumed, you know. So anyway, uh, Jody decides it may be that Craig should swap rooms. That's her. Who's Craig? That he's the other. He's the son. Zoe and Craig are Jody's children. Is he older? Uh, yes, about two years. Okay. She's five. He's seven, I believe. Oh, oh it's still not good. So they put Craig in Nick's old room, which is now will be Zoe's old room because she's moving out. The devil room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, almost immediately upon moving in, Craig is also tormented by Jacob. Bless it. So, a few nights after he gets in there, uh, Debbie goes in to check on uh, Craig. Craig. And he finds, or she finds, the uh, the covers are off the bed and on the floor behind the dresser. And she asks him, why are your covers behind the, the dresser? To which he replies, he keeps pulling them off of me. Mm-mm. Who, Debbie asks. Craig responds, Jacob. But now had Craig talked to uh, the five-year-old? I can't remember. Right yeah, they, 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 so, they, so you, she they were he, just scamming Debbie. I mean, he would have known. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Yeah, this five-year-old, this seven-year-old got together and they scammed Davey. They yeah, said, hey, but he might have grand- heard his sister say, Grandma's tripping because of Nick. Jacob, Let's jack right? with her. Yeah, I mean, seven and five-year-olds, I mean, they, they will repeat sure. each other. He they might do. have heard the name Jacob. Okay. And that could have been. I'm just saying. It, that Absolutely. This is not a blind study. It's not like no. they kept completely separated. So then Debbie stays in the room, right? No. Oh. 
Debbie said, Debbie said, we would notice the blankets or his belongings would be shoved behind the dresser or shoved under the bed. He'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming and we started to get worried. You know, maybe this isn't just a nightmare. Maybe they haven't. Zoe and Craig haven't been talking. Maybe there really is something going on. So David, her oldest son, sets up a laptop as a monitor so that he can watch what's really going on in the room. And as David is monitoring the camera from the living room, he sees the blankets fly off the bed and onto the floor. And with no explanation for what he saw. David said the camera overlooked the doorway, so if anybody had come in the room, he would have caught that person coming into the room. So David shows the video to his mother, and Debbie's like, you know, completely freaked out again. Because, you know, not only now we've got Nick with the sacrificing the cats, and now we've got, you know, this thing, you know, the ghost that's messing with her, all the noises, door slamming, that kind of stuff. So she's going to find some answers. So she decides she's going to go down to the local historical society and starts going through all the land titles and deeds and that kind of stuff, trying to figure out what what's going on here. Evidently, there were three people that had owned the home before Debbie. Before Debbie, uh, several had died in the house, mm. to include a young girl who Debbie could not make out her name, and a young boy named Guess Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, Jacob. So Jacob died in the house. So. Debbie stated it scared the hell out of her because it was it now I realize this is real. This is this was as deep as Debbie could dig because at some point in this little uh, community, a fire had destroyed a bunch of the records, so they couldn't couldn't go any further back than what she she was able to find. But she did find that Jacob had died in the home. Um. So Debbie's at that place to where she's old enough; she's retiring. And she's getting out of healthcare. She's done. David, her son, has gotten a girlfriend now. And he's moving out of the house. So it's just going to be Debbie, Jody, and the two kids. Uh, David later said that he was mostly concerned for the well-being of the children. And Debbie was concerned too. But she felt like she was financially trapped and didn't have a choice but to stay with her daughter and the two grandchildren. Where, where's uh, Jody's baby daddy? Is he not in the? He was he another name that I missed in the? He no, he's he not wasn't there. mentioned at all. There's not a baby daddy here. It's just well, there's one. There's just not one here. David, her son, right? Jody, Jay, David, Jody, her daughter, Nick, Nick, who's gone now? And he's gone. You got Craig, Craig, and Zoe, the grandchildren. I guess she booted Alicia when Nick left. Well, Alicia wasn't living there. Right. That was just Nick's girlfriend. Right. Who was Why showing up and Y'all go do this devil cat. shit at Alicia's house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the hell? <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not going to stamp, tamp down your religious freedom, but go do it at her house. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, the, um, Jody and the two kids leave for the weekend. And so Debbie's here by herself. She decides, I'm getting rid of all these spirits in here. So she starts walking around the house. And she's reciting the Lord's Prayer and burning incense. And 
the last place she goes is the basement where they sacrifice the cat. You should probably the start place. there so that you can walk out <laughs> of the house when you get done. No she walks down into the basement. As she starts down the stairs into the basement, something growls at her. Right after it growls at her, it scratches her. It's a ghost of that cat they sacrificed on her. And then pushes her down the stairs. Uh-uh. So after this, Debbie's like, uh, I'm out. So she, Peace. when she gets up off the basement floor, she packs a bag. She takes off for the weekend, too. So she's not there by herself. She's leave the grandkids? No, they're with Jody. Remember no, Jody? The weekend. And okay, the good grandkids left? Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. She's by herself. So she's there by herself. So now the house is vacant. <laughs> No one is there. We do there. need a flow chart like it. No one's there. A lot of characters in this. So story. after the weekend, everybody comes back, and Debbie reaches out to a local pastor. And so the pastor comes over to bless the house. And as soon as the blessing begins, Debbie becomes violently ill. She's in writhing pain, and uh, she's nauseated. Um, the pastor explains to Debbie that she is being personally attacked. And uh, she needs to pray. So they continue to pray together. The nausea and the pain relent. Uh, The pastor finishes blessing the house. And once the blessing was completed, Debbie said it was peaceful and it seemed good. For the first time, the house feels normal. So, problem solved. It's never that. Never on the first first try. (laughs) Problem solved. Okay. Never happens like that. So, Debbie is comfortable with the house now. She decides, hey, I'm going to invite some company over. It's going to be normal now, right? Oh, no. So, she invites a couple of her redneck buddies over, I guess, because they... Scottish, <laughs> Scottish Hello. Yep. Um, so, she invites some friends over. That's how they say I love you and I love One of them, one of her friends... Decides they want to poke fun at the fact that Debbie tells them this house used to be haunted. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not afraid of that. You can pour. Mm. <laughs> there you go. I hit the curve there. <laughs> Thanks. I'm good. Thank you. Um, so, this, this dude is walking around the house and he's snapping pictures and talking smack about there's no such thing as ghosts. You're Uh-oh. you. He gonna get slapped. You're crazy. Scratched. Blah blah blah. And he catches a picture of one and completely freaks him out. Him and his girlfriend, wife, whatever the other person that was there. Um, and their deuces were out. So what this did though, it stirred up this entity or whatever it was there that was um, haunting them. And so now they're back and they're back with a vengeance. So Debbie contacts the Eastern Pennsylvania Paranormal Society. At the time, it was headed by a retired police officer, Bill Cook. And he agrees to lead an investigation at the house. So he comes over and he's going to do this investigation with a few of the, the people from the uh, Paranormal Society, along with Carrie Morin. And they're using a scientific approach. They bring in video equipment, still photography, audio recorders, infrared cameras, motion sensors. The oh, this is re- this recent? 2009. Okay, yes. Yeah, so you've got mm-hmm. basically mod- the same modern equipment, yeah. same equipment we have now. Mm-hmm. 
so they've got they got all the good stuff they uh, they're gonna cover the whole house so they've they brought in quite a bit of equipment uh, upstairs downstairs and also in the basement now Carrie uh, Bill is the cop Carrie is a sensitive uh, who's working with the team and sensitives are people that can you know pick up on stuff when they walk in a room or you know it's not a medium no not a medium but a sensitive so she can feel things and um, can kind of pick up on the energy of the room and determine what kind of energy they're dealing with so when she walks into the basement she said oh my god they sacrificed a cat in here oh oh but no one told her uh-uh Debbie confirmed for Carrie that this had indeed happened. Carrie explained that once blood was introduced into a ritual, the blood acted as a binder and it locked the curse or spell um, and it would make it very difficult to eliminate a darker entity. Carrie said, quote, when you have taken a life during a ritual, it's just the worst thing you could possibly do, end quote. Now, Upstairs, another member of the team was attempting to record EVPs and uh, which electronic voice phenomenon. She's trying to take pictures. She catches a photo of a little girl uh, or a little girl spirit while she's up there. So after the investigation um, by the Eastern Pennsylvania Paranormal Society is over, the spirits uh, reemerge with a vengeance. They come out even, even more and they're harassing uh, Debbie. She tells him, hey, this is going on. These things are still messing with me. You know, I'm getting stomps and slams and door slamming and all this stuff. So they come back out for a second investigation. Um, his Bill's team believed that the house was haunted by those that had died there and an entity that was summoned by Nick and Alicia. So when they come out for that second investigation, or after the second investigation, they do a cleansing. And Bill and Carrie talk about how when they try to do the cleansings, they try to be cognizant and do the cleansing in a form that would be appealing to or in conjunction with, in coordination with the person's religious Only affiliation so the catholic right. you bring a catholic priest if you're yeah if you're yeah i get it or, okay. or if you're not religious you bring out some sort of like a wiccan type thing you know mm -hmm. yeah so they did a cleansing and so they're they're using sage Smart. they're reading prayers um along with a script for debbie to read when they're at the end of it and the script is basically where she walks around the house loudly proclaiming that the house is hers and it doesn't belong to them you know it's it's her house so she's taking not in my house yeah she's taking the house back over is what she's doing which you know positive affirmation and all that i think it's a good idea to do that anyway I don't know. Back don't... My i'm sorry i didn't mean no you're fine but where they always why is it always a catholic priest what if the people are this yeah. is what i'm talking yeah, about exactly yeah they, they don't think that these entities are tied to one single religion. I don't think they care what religion you are. No, and I don't think they are. <laughs> you know? They're not angels, fallen angels, any of that nonsense. I, I just don't think they care. It's some sort of trans-dimensional being that they turn the spotlight on with that Ouija board. And, and now they're yeah. not Like leaving. a bug light. 
stuff yep. coming in. Well, exactly. Especially with that blood. So, Apparently. after they do the cleansing, um, Debbie said the house felt lighter. She, she actually felt that it worked this time. She and felt that the last time. She did. But, I mean, I'm going to give her some of a lot. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. But it wouldn't the be a story been... on this podcast if it worked. <laughs> this woman's been through a lot. <laughs> give her some first time. <laughs> give her a break. So I don't think it worked this time either. Well, she's had a pastor. She's had the Paranormal Society out a couple of times. And then they did the cleansing. Hey, but this lady said, once you shed blood and take a life. Yeah, but I would that. think that the that the the bad thing would have followed little Nikki around. Apparently and not. left with him or gone over with Apparently house. because the Maybe, blood was shed in the basement. Why, did, why was it attached to Nick? I mean, or well, why did it have to be attached? Because that's it's, the ones who conjured the dead. Right, but why does it feel an affi- affiliation to Nick? Does it owe yeah. Nick anything? Well, no, it probably it wants Nick's soul. Yeah, but like, Jeez. so for instance, if you go out there and you summon up Cthulhu... And Cthulhu says, John, you go, I've done it by the, you know, I've read the script, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, and you tell this to Cthulhu and Cthulhu goes, screw you. I'm going to do what I want, you puny Cthulhu human. To re- relay a, I, I, it's Can we not? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I know, but you get what I mean, yeah. you know. Let's not. So he doesn't owe anything to Nick. You oh, know? no, it's a step on. Yeah. yeah. Cthulhu would just wipe them out first because they're there. Right. Okay, so <laughs> she's she said it felt like that you had opened up a window and this clean spring wind was blowing through the house. Just wonderful and light, airy. That was the spirits. That, Le- that was some, some yeah. uh, what, Renew? That was fabulous. <laughs> that was fabuloso. Fabuloso. <laughs> so six months later. It smells af- like purple. After the final <laughs> cleansing. Uh, Debbie's son comes back over and he's paying a visit. He's going to help her do some repairs around the house. He's got some time, I guess. And David, David, David walks into the basement and screams for his mother to come there. Mm -mm. The Ouija board that was in the basement (sighs) with the same mark that David had put on the one with the knife and broke it into pieces and they but tried to burn it and it didn't work and they threw it in the trash and got rid of it and he goes into the basement and here's this freaking Ouija board after ultimate uh, multiple times they tried to get rid of it and there it is in the basement and so Debbie mm. Debbie's at her her end now she says okay so I I'm putting up the house for sale and the house eventually did sell now, have the people living there since? I, I don't know. I didn't, problems. didn't follow up. But she remained living there until it sold. And during those last days in the house, it never stopped harassing her. Objects would move. Doors would slam. Voices, whispers. Oh, nope. No. She said she lived in constant fear until she finally left. No. And the house sold. The end. Can you imagine? So. I mean, I know that maybe you two wouldn't, but not because you're heartless, but well, I would feel be. really bad about the cat selling. Yes. Well, I wouldn't have done it to the cat selling that to somebody well, like knowing 
this is my understanding. I mean, they can't lie about a stigmatized property, but they're not obligated to tell you. But if you if you ask, and I always ask every time I you know bought a house, I ask. But so okay, but what are you asking? Are you Has asking? Has anyone died in here? Is anyone you know? Is it haunted? I don't believe in ghosts. Yeah, it's not the question I asked. Have you heard? <laughs> has the people before here said anything? Let me about, talk to the owner. I, I don't believe in Did ghosts. Did you I conjure don't any in, spirits? Have you sacrificed anything in the basement? I don't believe in disembodied spirits. You know, I don't believe has in spirits. Anyone like, so, here in this state, anything? they're not required to disclose it. There are states that have it where yeah, they, are. they have to disclose any kind of stigma. It's a murder house, a dope house. Well, that's different. I haunted mean, house. That's different. If if, if somebody has died in the house, you can you can. You can categorically say, yes, someone has died, or no, no one has died in this house. I'm going to tell you this right now, Michael. <laughs> what? Y'all got new I'm not going to kill any. I'm not going to kill anyone in a house. No, 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 no. Yeah, we always buy new. If so, somebody told me somebody died in the house, nope, mark it off. Not on the list. Uh-uh. Out. No. no. What if it's a no. great deal? I don't care. What if it's half the market price for it? No. It's probably a reason. She might have sold her house to Zach Bagans. He, he buys... Well, he may. Well, that's fine. He can. You know, he bought that one I devil know he demon house or whatever. Well, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, didn't I mean, he end up tearing that down? He or? ended up tearing it down. He kept like a staircase he put in the museum, but uh, in Vegas there. But he did. Yeah. Well, when you have ex- after their week long investigation, when you have expendable, that's kind of freaky that it's so bad that Zach Bagans. When you have expendable cash like that, fine. But like for me, no, no. If if I was a wealthy, mm-hmm. well, you know, Debbie would have moved I, I, out. I could see like buying people's allegedly haunted houses and doing like what we did and go and like yeah, rent turn it. it into a yeah, yeah absolutely no, I turn that. it into oh yeah a, but not as my place of make money off of not hinsdale as my, sh- my main like hinsdale hinsdale yeah like hill hellas manor or so haunted but hill not house as my main or, shelter it's not gonna be my main home oh hell no Mm-mm. no it, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. you know but you're talking to a guy who's lived in the couple so and this place looks haunted i have john's too. lived in a haunted house I have too. and uh no, yeah. and I, that's my fault. I for, I just ask about the people dying. The mother, asked. I forgot to ask if their father died now. Because when I asked, when they told me her mother, their mother recently passed away, that's why they were still in their parents' house. I said, Did she die in the house? She, I immediately said, She died in the house. And my ex wife looked at me like, God, you rude. But I don't care. I don't care. I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm asked. Okay. And unfortunately, and said for- no, but I didn't think about the man. Yeah. For Debbie, you think about Debbie. Debbie didn't have a lot of expendable cash, obviously. Yeah, because she wouldn't have stayed in there and been tortured for the last. Well, she few days. said they you know, always do, though. She <laughs> said, "I felt like I was trapped. I couldn't." Well, I mean, can you imagine? Let's say we bought this house, okay, for the price that we paid for it, okay, and it was haunted, okay. So now we got to leave this, but we can't live here, right? Yeah, but this is White House, man. You'll flip the you'd flip this no, no, thing no, no, no. in a minute. That's what I'm I, saying. I know what you're saying. You see though. what I'm you saying? Though. You can't get rid of it. I can't just walk out of a property that I've got my whole life savings. Yeah, I've especially got in her case, ten years of equity that I've rolled into this right. house. Well, and you've already said that she had bought it as like a flip situation, like she was going to remodel it. Yeah, but she was going to live there. That was her house. No, no, no. I know that, but I'm saying wasn't, like, that she was, wasn't going to flip it. My point is, she was going to remodel it and do things. She so loved it. We know it is not in a condition. 
that, that could is, probably easily be sold. Right, that's my right. point. And it's also freaky looking. Like, if you didn't think that house was haunted, you dumb. Like, it looks so, hainted. But my point is, she's, she felt trapped. And, you know, there's been several of these where we... Um, We've gone over these houses that are that are haunted, or you know, they've a demon gets in it or whatever, and these people can't leave. They don't have the funds. Unless you're George Lutz, then you can just abandon it because <laughs> you can't Warrens. afford you can't afford it anyway. Well, I mean, so you know, it happens. You know, people get in no, upside down, and right. it's yeah. like, what do we do? You know, see so y'all y'all are in a nice position if this new construction house of yours. Oh yeah, just, it's up haunted. I just you keep my mouth shut. You got enough equity already. You can just you can flip this sucker in a heartbeat. <laughs> I just keep my mouth shut fine. And, and wouldn't tell anybody when I sold it. You it know? take you about a week to sell it. I don't believe in I don't believe in hauntings. <laughs> but know? in an old Victorian in the middle of Pennsylvania, like well, not even in the middle of Pennsylvania. This is out in the boonies in Pennsylvania. Well, what was the name of the? Did she call the Amish to come and Ziegler-ville. clear it out? Are there a bunch of Amish in Pennsylvania? There are. The Pennsylvania Dutch, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe the, they could have something. They're out in the, the boonies. The, I'd be interested to see. The population in that. Uh, they're, they're in intercourse Pennsylvania. Yeah, unincorporated. I don't know why they named it town. Unincorporated uh, community. Oh, look, this place is nice. It was only like a population of like three or 400 or something like that. I'd like to know what happened this to tiny. Nick. This is a beautiful town. I would too. I hope, I hope he got his poo-poo in perspective. Perspective. Well, her shit together, however you want to say it. But I hope he got his. Well, I hope he's life. not. Seagerville, Pennsylvania, is on like a best places to visit list. It is beautiful winter wonderland. I'm sure that it is. Not, not no Dempster's haunted, house. And haunted AF. Oh, Dee doesn't have a great house to stay in. Though. Oh, it is. In <laughs> Don't Airbnb that sucker. Southeastern Pennsylvania. It has a population of uh, let's see, where's but I don't know. It, it's actually a really. I nice looked place. it up on the map, and it's like way down in the. Uh, it's in the bottom right corner. corner. Yeah. yeah, it's the southeastern corner. Oh, it has like a, like a what is it? What's that called? So it's to look like the, what's the arch that's in um, Rome? It's beautiful. Lower Frederick. They have a Pennhurst Asylum. Hmm. Yeah. No. Valley okay, Forge so National. It's about four thousand, forty-five hundred people. The oh, count. The counties. Is that- I was thinking it was hundred. I'm sorry. Eight hundred fifty-six thousand in the county. How many? Usually, a community like that's pretty small, though. How many is the bridge, actually in? So it's so it's a unincorporated community in Lower Frederick Township. Right. So in so the total pot of Lower Frederick Township is four thousand eight hundred forty in the two thousand ten census. Yeah, I think it's only like three or four hundred. This seems like there'd be lots of covered bridges that that Clint Eastwood would make a movie about <laughs> i don't know about that but it is the, really pretty mm-hmm. and it's beautiful there yeah and also in season good deer hunting too season six oh, yeah, episode no of a haunting called black magic it takes place in obelisk which is adjacent obelisk? and that's what this is obelisk this is what this is yeah that that's one. the same one yeah same story if you do an image search of this town on google it's a winter wonderland well pennsylvania is pretty as a, as a standard anyway not, in my not, opinion not pittsburgh well, no, not no, no, no. Yeah, but that's also like saying that there's some areas in Texas. That's really nice. No. So we no. have relatives in the Altoona area, which is around the same general area. And I've been there in the wintertime and it's really nice. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, here it is right here. A season six episode of Discovery Channel series, A Haunting Called Black Magic, takes place in Obelisk, a small town located just as here. So it's a super haunted ass area, too. 
evidently. <laughs> well, well, I feel bad for Debbie. I hope her. I do too. I hope her life ended up better than what old out. Nikki Nikki gave her. I hope Nick got the help that he needed. Is what I hope. Same. I hope kicking the pants. I hope Alicia. So ended up in a good place. People they triumph are living in this. You can't go to this house. This is not like a place you could go and pay to spend the night. No, it was. I know. I know that the house was sold. She was able to sell it. I don't know anything after that. I didn't look any further. If we're asking on the, would I go? Definitely. Just knock out all the Pennsylvania stuff at once. You gotta get hit Pat's and Geno's in Philly for cheesesteaks, then John's roast pork, and then at the it's got to be about the food. terminal market. Then then uh, you gotta go to Scranton and see all the sites from the office. You know, mm-hmm. apparently you gotta, you gotta go to Pennhurst tour. Asylum while you're Pennhurst Pennhurst uh, yeah Eastern State Eastern that's in Pennsylvania yeah Pennsylvania right? yeah, yeah yeah Eastern State yeah definitely 150 year old home see there's where she went wrong with number one. And yeah. then so much can happen. Hit the Amish country. I'd like to get see stuck that. behind those guys on the cart. Go, we're on the internet. They're yeah, never seeing us talking bad about them because. They, <laughs> well, you know, though, that's not fair to say that it's 150 years old. I mean, there's houses that are, you know, just a few years old that are haunted. No, no, I know that, but you I'm, know, so, I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean. Well, hope it all ended up. Okay I hope it ended them. well for. Uh, and I'm really hoping and the people and, that bought it. There's no follow-up on Nick. Mm. Nick, I think Nick kind of just disappeared. How about so. the poor sorry suckers that bought that house? Is there any follow-up on that? Maybe Ooh. he ran off with Alicia. And they lived happily ever after. They went to, they moved to... Philly. <laughs> they moved out to L.A. and they're making corn movies and... Uh, corn movies, huh? Corn. Corn. Yeah, corn. Prawn. Prawn. Because you can't say the other word. Or may I mean, New York's about three hours away. So oh, they make them there, too. So or Miami. Miami's yeah, a big man, place. Maybe man. they're doing that. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, so that's the, the story of Debbie Guy. And so... Go get you some... We think that's haunted AF. And go get some Lafroig tin. Break I've, yourself in on that, Pete. Yeah. Oh man, it's pretty good. That is good. It's really. Good. I liked it. Like it too. It's good. Good winter beverage. Agreed. It is a good winter. It I think good that's winter. a good all year round beverage. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't crave peated stuff in the summer. You don't. Too heavy or something. Yeah, actually, uh, summer is just tequila, pretty much. And beer. Yeah, I want cold, the cold, cold beer. I want I want vampiritas and that kind of stuff in the in yeah the bur- summer. bourbon and scotches especially peated scotches is the more of a only glittery thing. Mm-hmm. The only time that I drink beer is is summertime. Yeah, now I like darker beers, your Guinnesses and your nope. Scotch, your Scotch ales. You know your mm-hmm. high ABV darker alcohol beers. That I like that in the winter. I want nothing to do with it in the summer. Too heavy. Uh, See, summer, I want pills and lager. That's it. The thing is, for even like the dark beers, like the stouts and stuff like that, I want one, and then I'm done. I'm one and done on that. I just because you can't shit. I can kill a pint of Guinness in, in three uh, rings and, and nope. go through about four of them in nope. a sitting. No, no sir. Well, thank you. All right, go get you some Lafroig. Y'all have a good night. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. Peel these things off my ears. Wow.
so much less sweaty though than it has been all summer. That's a good yeah. story. I thought that was a good story.